I'm Lori Alvarez, and I welcome you to Real Estate with Soul, the podcast. This is where I will share my story, knowledge, wisdom, and the legacy in real estate, and my family, all boldly wrapped up in one with you. So let's get started. Hey, hey, it's Lori Alvarez, and guess who's here with me? We've got Amy Cruz. Of course, my beautiful sister and buyer's agent. And of course, we have an awesome guest today, one of our most amazing clients. So amazing. He is. And he found us, aligned with us, because he called me on one of my properties years ago on Mauna Loa in Glendora. Mm-hmm. And he wanted, yeah, it was a long time ago, and he wanted to buy that house. And ever since then, we've been working together. And I just love. Mr. Arthur Garcia, you are awesome because you just love to buy and hold real estate. And I want to talk a little bit about that. So tell everyone a little bit of who you are, where you are in your life right now. Yeah, no, well, good to be with both of you. So thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, I'll just do a quick synopsis. So uh, I've been working in corporate America for the better part of about 18 years now. So becoming an older man uh, before your eyes here. <laughs> I had hair when I first met you. Now that's gone. Yeah, that's uh, true. So, so, so <laughs> true. Um, so I've been working in corporate America for about 18 years. And, uh, you know, as I got out of college, started to think about ways that I could start to build the financial future for my family. Mm-hmm that was a little more stable than being uh, as a, as a corporate sales representative, you know, and you can appreciate this, Lori and Mary, you guys are in sales. You, you never, you're never, I guess you're overly aware of the fact that you're very replaceable uh, okay. <laughs> in sales. So that, that, uh, that built a sense of urgency around looking for alternative investment vehicles that could, you know, eventually offset my, my day-to-day income. And so, yeah, for the better part of about 12 years, we've been purchasing buy and hold rental real estate about five years ago, we were able to cross a milestone of having enough investment property to cover our core living expenses. And, um, you know, every, ever, every year after that, we've been trying to eventually build a, a bridge uh, that we could cross uh, at some yeah. point. So there we are. I love it that you, right, here's the reality of it. You can be replaced, right? I mean, in real estate for us specifically, someone can decide, well, I just don't want to work with you. See ya. And we put a lot of time and energy into them and they don't buy anything with us and we don't get paid. And that's kind of anyone can have that experience with any type of day-to-day job. It's just just the realities of life. So I love that you were like willing to like double down and say, how do I do this differently? How can I do this while still doing the everyday job? Because that's the thing is you didn't even step out of that everyday job. You still stuck with it. So, I mean, tell us a little bit more about why you chose real estate to be the supplement to your income. No, it's a, it's a, it's a great question. Yeah, and I, I guess the journey starts back when I was in college. Uh, I was very fortunate, you know, coming from a from a blue collar family where I got some opportunities to go uh, to a private liberal arts college. And one of the years that I was there, I actually lived with a roommate who had a very wealthy background. Like his family owned, I think, 30 to 50 rental properties. Wow. If you were a kid. Yeah, I know. Right. If you were a kid yeah. born in this guy's family, you own five properties minimum. Like every kid in that family is about three of them. They all own mental, multiple properties and it was part of their family culture. Yes. And so that year in college was really beneficial to me because I kind of see up front, you know, the way that he thought about money, 
the way that they uh, thought about assets and liabilities. Um, of course, I didn't think about things in that term right. back then. But just kind of watching how we handled money and how we was thinking about investments. You know, very different. You know, my family was you know very much whatever you make, you spend. Um, if you did own a property, you know, which was very rare, you know, that, that could be, you could pull equity out of that and buy yourself a, a house or a new, not a house. You could buy yourself some toys or yeah. a new car. Yeah. And so very, very different approach to money. And so that kind of planted the seed. Uh, I read a book and I recommend this to anybody. It's a very simple read. Uh, you probably have recommended this yourself, Lori and Amy, to your clients, but uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad yep, was- fantastic. Um, you know, very, very simplistic way. There's a lot of debate on if he actually did have, you know, real father and like a rich dad and an actual poor yeah. dad. But the, the the story and the fable of kind of how those two personalities thought about money was uh, pretty critical. And so as I got into corporate America and had a day job, I looked at, you know, what are the ways that we could actually start to have a side hustle? And, you know, if you're in this country, you pretty much have three paths to being really wealthy, right? So one is, you know, you have, you have a last name that is associated with a lot of money and wealth and you're just kind of lucked out and got born in the right family. Um, and so I told you about my background. So I, we checked the box. Uh, that didn't happen for me. Um, the other option, <laughs> you know, the, the, the other option there is this, you could, um, you can start a business, right? You think of uh, all the great entrepreneurs in this country. Um, but if I look at my skill set, like I, I not really good when it comes to attention to detail, um, they work a lot. I mean, I look at what you and Amy do. I mean, you guys work so hard for your clients. I, I admire that. That's why I've used you for all of our transactions here. Uh, but I, but I also like, man, I, I don't envy the schedule you guys have, right? Cause you're always working for your customers. Yeah. That's why it takes two of us. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So there's, so there's the path of entrepreneurship, right? And then the third path, which is the one that I kind of most aligned to was rental real estate, right? If you could, acquire a property that cash flows and you can just hold it, you know, the value of that asset over time will start to go up with inflation. Also just market pressures as we're seeing now, uh, the mortgage will get paid down. It's obviously very heavily tax favored. And um, when you think about inflation, it's a great hedge for that as well. So it's just, it was kind of a multi-pronged approach. And, you know, for the amount of time that I spent in my, my business for this piece, it, it's, it, I would probably say, and I'm not being overly um, boastful here, probably less than 10 minutes to 30 minutes a month to actually manage the nitty gritty of, of the actual business once the properties are rented. Yeah, I love that. So let me ask you then, because you chose real estate, you're like, okay, I'm going to move forward in real estate. So like next steps, did you purposely say, oh, I want to buy in this neighborhood or I want to buy in this type of house? Or did you just like buy a house that the numbers made sense. I mean, how did you make that first decision to buy that first house for the person who hasn't done that yet? What what moved you forward to be able to pull the trigger? Yeah, no, that's a great question, right? I, I get that a lot. Once in a while, folks will reach out to me and say, hey, you know, how do I get started? So I'll, I'll do two things here. I'll, I'll share the quick story on my part. And then maybe if I was a newbie today thinking about how I could take advantage of today's great rates, working with a great team like yourself and how I would get engaged. Uh, I would say that for me, you know, it just so happened that I had saved up a little bit of money back in like 2009. I think I had like 40 grand or 50 grand saved up. And a family friend was going through a financial crisis where they were overextended on their property and they had to get, you know, they had to basically do a short sale. And so at the time I just threw a family friend, they said they were going to get rid of it. And I was interested in real estate. I was super freaked out. 
I was able to work with that seller and through the agent that we had at the time, uh, this is, I call this, you know, pre-Lori, PL. Yes. <laughs> Before I knew you. Uh, so okay. We, we know you have the, the previous business. <laughs> I didn't, that was because I was just, I wasn't enlightened yet. That's all right, I was. Right. Yeah. So we got, we were able to get the property under contract and I, I guess it started out as like, I was super freaked out. I, I rehabbed the property with my dad and myself. I rented it out. I interviewed all the tenants and this thing was like an hour away. I was out in Fontana Yeah. and you know, I was so freaked out like, Oh my gosh, what's going to happen. And then the weirdest thing happened, you know, a month into it, I got a tenant in there two months passed. I got my rent check three months, four months. I got my rent check. And I was like, wait a minute, this is it. You know, and we bought it in a way where the mortgage was only like $600 and we rented it out for like 1100 I was like, so I guess I get to keep this and just put it back in my bank account. And and so like after about six months, I said, hey, I think we might be able to to do more of this. And so that's how I, that's so awesome. <laughs> that's how I got started. It was actually like a little bit fortuitous. I think I just was kind of interested in it, but I was also like, well, you know, I put, I put my capital on the line. I was a little bit nervous. I was like, I was like 28. So I was a little nervous about being so young, having like a little bit of a debt on me, but yeah. So let, let's, let's clarify then where did you currently own your own home already? Had you already bought a house yourself that you were living in or were you renting when you bought this first property? No, it's a good, it's a good point. Actually, I had actually purchased my first home. So I was living Perfect. in uh, Santa Clarita at the time yeah. and I had a little bit of discretionary cash left over, right. That I'd saved up. So we bought this house. And then I said about six months after that, you know, it was around 2009. So everything was, the sky was falling. Yeah. yeah. And I told my, my girlfriend, which is now my wife, Hey, um, you know, I, I tend to be a fairly passionate person. Yes. Uh, so I said, look, I think this is an opportunity for us to really make some, some strides for our future. So yeah. I sold our house in Santa Clarita, got the equity out of that. I pulled money out of my 401k. I partnered with uh, some, some folks at wanted to invest their money. And we, we dumped everything we could. I, I like went down to a one bedroom apartment. And I tried to save like 70% of my, my income uh, and my wife's income to just throw at, at rentals uh, yeah. at that period, just because I believed that, look, you know, we're buying them from below the cost to build. We can yeah. rent them for more than our debt's worth. And so that's, that's really kind of how I got started in the process. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And she was smart. She was like, put, put a ring on this finger, man. <laughs> You are a smart guy and we're going to grow this empire together. And she's well, you been know, with you, right? She's doing yeah, well, it. Well, you know, what's funny about that is like, you know, I, I always tell people, you know, make sure that your spouse is on board and right, if you yeah. can figure out a way to bring them along. It goes a lot well. And I'll tell you a quick story. One time we went to a property and we, we call this uh, internally the, the mama in the bed story because, or the mama in the bed property, because we go see this house. It was, it was something that was going to come on sale. The realtor said, nobody's in the house. Yeah. We walk through it. I go to sit down on one of the beds in the bedroom and people were still living there, but nobody was at the house that day. Right. I sit on the bed, cross the room. This lady screams, pops out of the bed, nearly scares my, <laughs> she scares my wife and I to death. And it was like the mom, the mom was there in her little nightgown, sleeping in the bed. We're walking through the property. <laughs> The things, oh the things we get in real estate. Right. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's right. And so for, from now on, we, we call that property Mama in the Bed. That's the house that we live in. <laughs> so did you buy that with the Mama in place? Yeah, 
No, Mama sadly had to go. Um, Mama wasn't, <laughs> Mama and you didn't stay. have to do the whole eviction process. You just closed and they moved out. <laughs> that's, that's exactly, that's exactly that's, right. We had to do some work, but yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. I love that. So, so let me ask you, as you started, I mean, currently today, how many pieces of property do you own, if you don't mind sharing? And then how much have you had over the time that you started investing in real estate? Yeah, we're, we're at 14 properties right now. Those are all That's single fantastic. family. Yeah. We're at, yeah, mo- they're all single families now. Um, over the course of our career, we had we think we had about 18 at one point, but yeah. um, we did accidental flips, as I like to call, because we just needed to get rid of some of the yeah. assets. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, no, we, we... So the question was, like, how many did we have at the peak and how many do we right. have now? Yeah. So with the 14 properties that you currently own, do you, you manage those all by yourself, Arthur, or do you have support in that area? Oh yeah, no, I definitely don't manage them. So that, that, <laughs> I guess that was one of the lessons I learned early in the stage of the deal, the deal flow is I, uh, I was driving all the way out to go get these houses fixed and I was renting. I was all stressed out. I mean, once the end of the month would come, I'm like, is this the month I'm going to have to go and put an eviction notice? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, deal with scary, you know, potentially scary people or, or, you know, I mean, like, I'm just, that's not my, and so, so after about a year of doing that myself, um, I just kind of looked at like what I got paid day to day and I'm like, why am I, that's not the highest and best use of my time, you know, going out there pretending to be a property manager when look at my wife will be the first to tell you I'm no handyman. <laughs> we have a, we have a, we have a 30 minute rule in this house. If I can't fix it in 30 minutes and we're calling in a specialist to do it. So <laughs> I think I've gotten a couple of those text messages. Hey Laura, do you have a person for this? <laughs> like, but it's hanging picture frames in a TV. You can't do that. Arthur. Can't. No. 30 minute rule. It's going to take too long for me to, we know. all know our specialties. Yeah. We all have them. <laughs> Yeah, but but to answer your point, like one of the things we learned is the first first year out is how do we scale? Like we, I don't want another job. I really want right. this to be as, as passive as possible. So uh, we aligned with the property management company who um, could basically handle the day in and day out, basically collecting the rents, placing tenants, uh, fixing and fielding calls for any repairs. And one of the things that we did that really helped us with that is we stabilized costs by saying, hey, look, if the if there's a repair that comes in that's less than 150 bucks, don't even pick it up to call me. Just right. you got my auto approval on that. And so I've been working with the same team for about 10 years now. So it's been, I mean, that's what makes me say, I spend less than 30 minutes on this and yeah, we've, we've been really lucky. Yeah. I love that because I think building the team of professionals to support you is what a lot of people tend to miss and they think oh i'm gonna do this all on my own and then you realize as you did at some point like i'm not doing this alone like i need that support piece you know it it just makes for good sense so i'm i'm curious then are all your properties in the same area are they out of the area where are they in in relevance to you yeah so we we are active investors in the current market so we have are pretty much our whole portfolio in the Kern Valley, um, Bakersfield area, yeah. and surrounding communities, and that's that's where we are. So we're we're about two, maybe now that I live out here, two and a half hours potentially yeah. from the nearest rental we own, and um, that was just out of a process of elimination. You know, I think one of the things that people make the mistake of doing is they either become an accidental landlord, right? They sell their old home, or they go buy a new house, and then they don't get rid of the other one. Which I'm not saying they should, but 
there's right. a difference between becoming an accidental landlord and anticipating that, hey, right. I didn't realize I purposely didn't buy this house as a rental versus saying, hey, look, I want to buy a house or, or an apartment or whatever you're trying to do with right. the understanding that these dollars have to earn a certain amount of ROI. Yes. Um, and so that's how we started sale. We started buying properties up there, but like, it's pretty hard to do that. There's ways to do it here in this area. You, you own several properties yourself, so you can speak to that too, but it's just, you gotta, you gotta be really strategic about the kind of product you buy, the price point, the neighborhoods. Um, yes. And so all those types of things. Arthur, so I had, um, like I had a agent who spoke into my life and pushed me into action just because he told me, and I think a lot of people do this and they're like, oh, when you use the word ROI or the acronym ROI, right? Return on investment. Like people are like, oh, I want to make a ton of money on the property. So, you know, I've got to find a great deal. Uh, and this gentleman shared with me, like, as long as I make like 20 bucks, I'm happy because my time over time is where I'm going to make the return on my investment. And that helped me to move forward. What for you is return on investment? What does that look like specifically? What's your criteria? Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, I think, yeah, you got to, you know, and, and for everyone, it's different. I think that's a right. good point, right? Because there's there's a lot of categories when you think about the asset class of, uh, of real estate. You know, there's there's the component of, you know, hedge against inflation. You actually have holding costs. Um, what does the future appreciation projections look like? Yeah. Stability of the tenant, right? These are all factors that you kind of have to think through. Yes. Um, but the down and dirty one for me is I, I look, I have a, a number of costs that I built in and I'm, I'm trying to target anything over about 15% cash on yeah. cash, yeah. not cash on cash, 15% uh, rate of return on my money. And so I'll yes. factor in, okay, look, if you have a property for 10 years, how much of that mortgage are you going to pay down over 10 years? If you yes. use a mortgage, um, what do we think the appreciation is going to be now? I don't bank on that, uh, that factor, but if you factor in, you know, 1% a year, it's pretty safe. You're probably yeah. be right around that. Uh, maybe 2% or right. the last couple of years, you know, it's not so, but yes. typically, you know, in a normal market, but you yeah, look, those are great windfalls to have, but if you don't, yeah. you don't bank on that, um, you can buy a little below market. I always try to find stuff that is um, value add potential. So an example would be, you know, can we convert the garage into the third bedroom? Yeah. Uh, is there a formal dining room we can convert into a small office, throw a closet in there and call that a third bedroom? Yeah. Uh, can we, you know, can we add a, an AU, a, what is it called? A, ADU. ADU in the back yeah. from the garage that's detached, right? So we're looking for little ways to, and as you get more savvy, you can, you can, you know, or you can even subdivide the land and sell it off or whatever you want to do. But um, yeah, so I, I always try to find that, that the number though, the return on investment is like, hey, look, if you think about what, you, if you're, if I'm a viewer today, I'm just like, what are you getting on your money in the bank today? Pro yes. Probably less than 2%, less than 1%, most, yes. most likely. Yeah. And so if you can find a deal where, you know, your cash is, is making you more than that. Well, then you're already in the positive. And then it's, it's, it's not overly complicated. It's not like stocks or a cryptocurrency where, right. you know, a tweet from an, a, a tweet from an investor or a, a very eccentric uh, CEO can change the value of a, you know, of the asset by 50%. It's like real estate apart from the last three years is, is typically very slow moving. Yes. Um, so it's, it's, you know, and if you're making cash flow and you're actually positive, um, and you have reserves. That's the other big thing. Like it, yes. I don't, I don't see why, you know, people buy, um, index funds and mutual funds and they pay into that. They've actually pay $300 or a thousand bucks a month to mm -hmm. actually own that. Whereas real estate, like 
if you just completely have the other perspective, hey, I just want to break even or I want to make $200 a month positive cash flow, that's still way different um, and more positive in, in my opinion. So yeah, I went long in the tooth there, but hopefully that answers your question. No, for sure it does because you've got a, a number that you want to hit. And so when you decide to invest in a property, you're looking for that number, which is about 15% of return on investment for someone. And that's great because then you know what your number is and you can make a determination like, yep, this fits my criteria or it doesn't. I work with other investors and they do that too as well. They're like, boop, 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 boop. And they're like, nope, that one's below my criteria of dollars coming back to me. And I'm like, darn, okay, let me go back to the drawing board and find another one, you know? <laughs> well, you, well, you know, it's one of the dirty secrets that the way we built our portfolio earlier and I'll... It may not work in today's market, but it could maybe hopefully in the summertime as we see more inventory come back on the market is um, purchase a property that needs some work, right? If you're just getting started, yeah. you maybe can have a yeah. little more time. And then, um, you know, you, you sit on it for a few months and then in a couple of months you can refinance, right? So you got to buy a little below market, but it's got to be a little bit ugly, right? Yeah. Stuff that's yes. not turnkey. <laughs> and then when you refinance, you pull out your down payment or most of it. And so that's how you can increase your return. So if you're going to spend, you know, fifty thousand dollars on a down payment, but you can get twenty or thirty grand back in six months once you refinance, yeah. well, now you're measuring your return on the twenty grand that's still in the deal. Right. And that's how your numbers start to really get a little healthier than Ooh, like. I love yeah, that. You know, yeah. I love how you put yeah. that. You know, because that's something that most people don't think about. And and so I want to I want to dive into that because you talked about you mentioned earlier that you. You didn't necessarily do it by yourself. You pulled together some investors that moved forward with you. How did you choose those people? Why did you decide to go into business with them? And are you still in business with them? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a funny question, right? Like people were like, oh, wow. It, it makes me sound like I have this great syndication uh, platform. <laughs> no, like I was, I was like, you know, I was like, a uh, was it a poo from Aladdin, right? I saw all those more, all these properties on the market and my eyes were like, you know, they saw the jewel in the cave. I was, how do I get more? How do I get more? And so people, and I, I remember family members and friends being like, you're, you're going to lose all your, you're, you're going. And I was like, well, even if I'm wrong, I'm 28. I can, I probably can rebuild this. You know? you can recover. I'm not saying, I'm not saying your, your, your listeners should do that, but that's, that's, you're, you're asking the motivation, right? I wanted, right. I was liquidating my 401k to do everything yeah. we did. Yeah. Um, and so, but we were, you know, all these properties were cash flow positive and, yeah. you know, the prices were so depressed. We were buying stuff for, you know, in, in that market, we we're buying stuff for like 80 grand, 50,000, right. right. For homes right. that were renting for $1,100. Right. Yeah. Easy to stabilize. And so I was going through that. And then a family friend was like, Hey, I don't want to invest in property. Like I don't want to be dealing with tenants and all that stuff. Um, but we have some capital that's sitting in the bank and, you know, could you use it? And so I said, well, look, I'll pay you 10% on your money. I will not do that now. Uh, honestly. <laughs> but, but I just say, let me, let me, let me, uh, let me, let me sit on the money for two years and I'm going to hold on to this property, get it cash flowing, and then I'll refinance out and then pay you the difference. Yeah. And so I only had one investor that did that. I did think two or three deals. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, I prefer to not, if I can do everything by myself, I'll just yeah do it that way. But you know, if I wanted to go bigger, you know, that would be, yeah. if I wanted that to be my full-time job, yeah, you could syndicate, get bigger right. investors partnering with you. Yeah. I, I love that. He's like, Oh, well, you know, bigger than 14. I mean, 14, come on, 14 houses. A lot. People are like, I just want to buy one right? and you have 14, man. <laughs> so, you know, 14 yeah. plus, plus your primary. So really of more than that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
So, I mean, you're doing a fantastic job. I'm just saying. And I love that you have, you know, brought people in and shared in the experience, let them be part of the experience. You let them add to you and you added back to them, right? So that you could grow this opportunity. So basically that was how you've pulled together. I mean, over time, how have you pulled together? Because we all know like, when you buy an investment property, you got to put so much money down. What, I mean, how did you do that over time? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It starts to get expensive after you get <laughs> a few properties. Like I'm, I'm like rebuilding right now. I'm like, Lori's tapped out. I'm rebuilding. Cause we all know I just closed on one, like, you know, maybe 120 days ago or so. So, you know, I'm like, okay, I got to rebuild my cash again before I can make another investment. I mean, how often mm-hmm. did you buy a property or, I mean, we're, we're, we're now going on like 13 years or so. So, right. This yeah. is, it's, it's not like it was two years. Like I read those stories. Oh, and I'm like, I don't know. Cause I don't have a, an investor pool behind me that's supporting our transactions. Yes. It's just like, you know, me. So I would say there's, um, to give values to your viewers, I'll, I'll, I'll share three things that I think could really be useful for them. Right. Mm-hmm. So one Thank is, you. um, you know, think about the idea of like, can you, and, and, you know, I would say like, if you're younger, this maybe makes sense. Can you live in a place that's not in the city center? Can you go a little bit further out in the town? That's maybe, maybe not the place you want to live permanently for 10 years, but could you live there for two years? Right. Cause you can get into those programs for as little as five to 3.5% down. Um, and then start renting out the rooms. Cause that's what I did. Uh, when I first started, I rented out two of the bedrooms um, or can you get a duplex or a multifamily? If it's below yeah. four units, it still qualifies live yeah. there for a few years. And then, you know, live for very little and then use that money and purchase another home. Right. And so that's a way to kind of house hack as they call it. Yes. Um, so that's kind of one easy strategic motion they can think about is not necessarily like, yes, you're not going to find a house in a, you know, 10, like a really nice school district where they're going to have four properties and they're all going to make sense. Like you got to have to go to an area where it's a little bit more probably blue collar, probably not terrible schools, but probably not the best schools and right. maybe a multi-unit. So that's one way. Uh, another way is like I talked about before is right, you know, buy buy an asset that you think you can add value to, you know, maybe the property's just been really, um, you know, Lori, like the the house that we purchased on Mauna Loa, right? It was yes. just, it smelled like dog and you did your best to make it look beautiful. But all of that thing, I, I walked in and I smelled the money, right? <laughs> it smelled like a lot of money and money smelled, money smelled a lot like dog pee and uh, dog hair. So, 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 um, so I'd say like, that's another opportunity I bought it cause nobody wanted it. And it was kind of a weird looking property. And over the time, like we, we, we bought it below market. We, we added some value to it. We did some upgrades that mattered, not, not just visual upgrades, but we actually did things that increased the value. And then um, sure. we still, we ended up selling it and we kept all the money and that's how we bought this house here. But, but like, we took a portion of that, right. We made like, you know, a good amount of money on that transaction. And we you had a fantastic that. realtor that did that for you. <laughs> I would say a realtor team, but yes, yeah, same right. team. Yeah. Yes, Thank it you. was our team. It was <laughs> sell side and the buy side. Yeah. Um, so it came full circle because I bought that one originally for yes. um, And you even sold some of my rentals, right? So, so yeah. the, um, so yeah, so the the thing I'd say there is like we we if you are going to upgrade into it, like, and this is a time you're probably talking to your clients. Hey, we're going to upgrade into a better neighborhood. Well, with rates being so low, if they make like two three hundred thousand on their equity costs, right? Depending. Right. On, where your, your listeners are, yes. maybe save a hundred of that, or maybe say half of it. Right. And, and you can put that towards starting your portfolio. Um, and the other idea being, can you, 
you know, can you re can you refinance and pull the money out? And that's that's mostly how we did it, to be honest. We yeah. we refinanced out. We waited a few years. We got equity built in. We refinanced, pulled our initial capital back out, maybe a little bit extra. Yeah. And then we funded the other thing. The other thing is the market, right? Like if you're trying to buy in an eight hundred thousand dollar neighborhood, yeah. you're gonna take a long time to scale. If you're buying one hundred fifty thousand dollar homes, like I do, yes. or one hundred thousand dollar homes, if you can find them. Um, yeah, you know, 20% down is not quite as hard to save for as, right. as a $800,000, 20% down payment is. So, correct, correct. So that, um, yeah, but I, I know a lot of folks that do that. They'll either live in the property, rent it out, or they'll they'll buy it, um, re, re, like fix it up a bit, and then they refinance, pull the initial capital out, and then now that's their seed money to either do it again or to purchase a rental property. Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, you just, it's so... As, as we recap right now, right, we're just going to kind of go back over the things that you suggested. And then I would love for you to just reach to give our listeners just one point that would make best sense for them. Like, this is the next actionable step. If you've been thinking about it, and you want to do this, what would it be? But can you just do a quick recap on what we discussed, you know, you put together you picked a property, you picked a neighborhood, you picked your, you know, go ahead. I'll let you do it. Yeah. I know you'll do it better. No, it's great. I mean, look, if you're, if you're, if you're listening to this, to this podcast and you're, you're interested in maybe getting started in real estate and look, I, I don't, I don't have a dog in the fight. You can do it or you don't do it. Um, right. But if, but you know, what I would say is figure out what, what you're looking for. And I, I would probably look at real estate as a, an additional asset that you want to put in your portfolio. I, I wouldn't, don't try to have this idea that you're going to be able to retire yourself in five years. That, that just puts a lot of un, unneeded pressure, but just take an initial step. Look, where's the market that you think maybe you don't want to live in and raise your kids in, but there's a market where somebody's looking for a house yeah. that's in the area. That's got a little bit more uh, of the price point that's going to make sense on paper for you to get a yield and then align yourself with folks like Lori, you know, and, and Amy to kind of think about what are some of those markets. And if you're in Southern California, there's a couple of markets that actually are still make sense, even though prices are elevated yeah. where you could buy, you know, a fourplex or duplex, especially out, you know, more towards the inland and de desert areas or up in the central Valley. And I know Laura, you got a deep network in all those yes. areas. And yes. um, so, so I would say, yeah, start thinking about those items and then just trying to get educated on the asset class. Like it's not, it's, you know, you wouldn't plan a vacation and, and just throw a dart on the wall. You'd be doing a little bit of research, trying to understand how this is different than stocks, how it's different than, because everyone just looks at the top like, oh, when is real estate going to crash? Like, it's, yeah, it's that's going to be our next conversation. Oh, we'll okay, sorry. Back on. Yeah, yeah we're okay. going to have you back on for that one because we didn't even get to touch it. And I know you have, you have great insight into where you believe the real estate market is going, what's happening with it. And I know we'll have a fantastic dynamic conversation around that because you and I have it offline all the time. So I, what is the one thing that you would say, Arthur, th go and this is it. Do this one thing if you're going to move forward in real estate. What would you what would you say for someone who's yeah. never, never done it? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I'll, I'll throw in one and, and a part two to it. Right? Yeah. First would be just <laughs> go, go talk to go talk to a, a lender and just get a sense of what you could qualify for. Right? Yes. And then yeah. the second piece is probably reach out to 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 Lori and her team and just see hey this is this is what I'm thinking and and I know you have deep network of investors that yeah. you work with and experience yourself and just just take one step don't try to boil the ocean just do one thing right. I would just talk to them and just see 
What, what tools are you working with? I'm with you on that. Start with the lender, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can start with the realtor too, but the reality is you need to talk to a lender who actually knows how to, and is potentially investing in real estate by themselves as well. And I know you've had experiences with many lenders and the last one you just worked with in our transaction was Justin Brown's team and you were super happy with them and he invests in real estate. So we can make that connection happen as well. Yeah. Arthur, you're so awesome. I mean, it's just an inspiration to know that like you do a day-to-day job, like you're just, you know, doing your thing that you love and buying real estate and you have people supporting you in that so that you can create this extra income so that you and your wife and your beautiful little guy, how old is he now? Four, four and a half, four and a half now. How old was he, Aim, when he, when we first, like, he was like, still baby right i don't even think you had them yet yeah, no not, not when they bought Mama not when you bought oh no. yeah. i i have to say this too i remember when you bought your house with me on mauna Loa. this always sticks out and like i was like oh i gotta stay in touch with this guy he's awesome because he was <laughs> like Lori, i'm driving in circles around my house with a mattress on the roof waiting for you to call me and tell me i can pull in my driveway <laughs> so can i pull in my driveway yet <laughs> Wow. And you still wanted to work with that crazy guy? I think that's awesome. I was like, oh my gosh, he's got the best energy. And then I got to know you even more so. And I just loved all the real estate information that you carry because you, you follow the market very closely. You really do. It's something that you love and you're passionate about. And I want everyone to know he does not have a real estate license, nor do you really even want to get one. Right, Arthur? No, no, not interested. And so many people think, oh, if I'm going to be an investor in real estate, I got to have a real estate license. Yeah. That's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like the highest and best use of your time, right? I I do much better in my day job. I don't need to be trying to be a real estate agent. I got people who are working a lot harder at that than I would ever be. So that's good. Not to say you wouldn't be an amazing one if you didn't choose to do it. Arthur. If people want to get in touch with you or want to reach out to you or have additional questions, where's the best place for them to do that? Um, you know, I, uh, you know what, I, I just started a YouTube page, uh, yes, called Arthur, Arthur and Arthur invests. I don't yeah. really have much content on there, but I'll throw some stuff on there, but you know, reach out to Lori. She, she can connect you. I'll, to me. Connect I'll, you. I'll, I'll throw some, throw some, uh, work on your side. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. And where we post this, you guys can comment down below. You can do all of that great stuff. We'll get you connected. And um, we'll make sure that we are definitely going to have Arthur back on just because I want to talk about where the market, where you foresee the market going as an investor in the real estate market as well. And all of the gurus you follow, because I know you follow a ton of them. Thank you, Arthur, for being on. We really, really appreciate you. Thank you so much, Arthur.